and thank God and thank God. Come on and love him. I praise your holy name, Jesus. I worship you, Heavenly Father. Oh, Lord, we bless the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's give God a big hand. Come on now. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Book of Revelation tonight. Very excited to be in service with you all. That's a good southern way of saying that, isn't it? And I feel the good energy of the Holy Ghost. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. I know the, I know the devil would like us to be somewhere else, but who cares what the devil wants anyway? him let's look at revelation chapter 3 and i'm in verse 18 and the spirit said i counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and a, a, anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. And to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Everybody said hallelujah. I want to work for just a little while tonight on buy gold. You may be seated. You may be seated. These are, no doubt, unstable times in which we are living. There are generations before us that would have said and did say the same thing. Uh, I would say in the, in the last hundred years, the church has pretty much felt like it was in unstable times. One of the things that often makes people feel that things are unstable is the economy. And 100 years ago and begin to move into World War I and, and then World War II followed on the heels of that. And you know, World War, these world wars were started on things that were so trivial, oftentimes in places where you and I 
weren't even aware that they existed. People, possibly names that we couldn't even pronounce, much less were familiar with them. And yet, terrible consequences came out of it. It's important that you realize that this too shall pass. There are things that you can get much ado about little. And yet the enemy would like everybody to believe it's a big deal when, in fact, he's just making it out to be a big deal. It's not really big or important at all in the grand scheme of things. Now, we have here the church or the congregation at Laodicea, and it has been said that that was a represent, representational of a spirit where people in the congregation would cast off authority and where they would rise up uh, against leadership and they wanted to be the leadership. They wanted to do their own thing and call the shots, so to speak, and who needs a shepherd, attitudes of that nature. And um, some people called it when laymen would rule or laymen rule. We've seen people talk about lay preachers. I never read that in the Bible, but there's lots of terms and doctrines that people use in the religious world that uh, the Bible doesn't say anything about it whatsoever. I think I mentioned the other day I went to pray for two people at the hospital, to be with two people and uh, here locally, and um, I wound up at one of them in the CCU, the critical care unit, and they were happened to be in there working on the individual that I went to pray for. So I wound up over at the nurse's station, and first news you know, conversation struck up because I invited them to our church, and uh, they began to say things and questions, and I was answering, and uh, I found that something, of course, got interjected into the conversation that was so trivial and unimportant and yet a big deal to them and their way of thinking. Anything the devil can do to get you away from the real thing, to get you involved with something that really doesn't amount to a hill of beans, but that the enemy would like to make it a big deal and get minds all stirred up. And uh, I tell you, and I've said this many, many times, that hell is going to be filled with people who can't even remember why, what all about, what they were so upset about or mad about or what they threw God over for, what they walked out of the door of the church for. They will somehow, it, you know, it just gets lost in the busyness of life. But I can tell you what the answer will be. It's, it's not what the thing was. It's going to be why the thing was. And what it boils down to is just your flesh. It just boils down to you wanting to do what you want to do. But here we have a picture in this book of Revelation, a book if we call Genesis, uh, and rightly so, the book of beginning. Then we certainly look at Revelation as the book of end. It's down at the, at the wire here. And some people are so confused about the terminology that God uses in, in Revelation. There's a switching in terminologies and, 
And so they can't see the church after chapter 4. Pity them because the church is all the way in this book of Revelation, let me tell you. And God's got a church that's going to be here right through the fire. God's got a church that's going that he's raising up and he's developing and he is preparing to face the Antichrist and to be the light, the light that's set upon the hell that will bring glory to his name. Amen and amen and amen. Well, but a door was opened in heaven, and he was called up there. Well, fine, honey, you go ahead and exit stage left, and you're going to miss the fireworks. You're going to miss the glory. You're going to miss the power. You're going to miss the demonstration of God and his word being fulfilled in this day, this hour, this time. So if you want to untie your shoelaces and you want to go ahead and go and cop out early, you just tell God to go ahead and take you. But I'm telling you, God's going to have a church that's going to step up to the mark. God's going to have a church that's going to represent him for his namesake. They're not going to back out and bow out. They're not going to back up and sit down somewhere. They're not going to do that. They're not going to be idle in the marketplace they're going to be in the thick of the battle and they're going to proclaim his name god you know the bible said that in the negative sense uh in the book of psalms in chapter 10 i believe in around verse 4 said that uh, the uh the heart of the wicked that god is not in all their thoughts i want you to know though god's got a people that he is in all their thoughts. They're thinking about him day and night. They're thinking about him 24-7. You know, there ain't anything that you hardly put your hand to do but what you're thinking about God when you're doing it. When you wake up in the morning, you're thinking about him. And when you're going through your day, you're thinking about him. And when you're in your crisis, you're surely thinking about him. And when you're in church, you're praising him. Amen and amen and amen. He is in our thoughts. We're pulling him to our thoughts. We want him in our thoughts. We're casting down every high thing that exalts itself against his name. We're in the battle here. We're in the battle. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. You get the Holy Ghost pounding away in your mind and you'll wonder why you are in some places and why you're doing some things. And you've you got to tell yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm more worthy of, of something here. I don't belong involved with such trivial nonsense. I don't, I don't belong being involved and engaging myself in earthly things. What did it say? Who mind earthly things? Friend, you're called to heavenly things. You better remember that. You let heaven become more and more real to you. Let it draw close to you. You are made to sit together in heavenly places. Heavenly places. Amen. The scripture teaches us, you know, in generations past, and many, many, oh boy, many years ago, and boy, you start putting them many's together when those decades start adding up. But uh, I remember the Lord inspiring me to preach that God has always had a man. And in every generation, God had a man. It looked pretty rough there for a while, but, but Abel was able to be, Abel was able <laughs> to be directed. 
uh, by the Spirit of the Lord to offer up a sacrifice that God accepted. He hit upon it, friend. God was in his thoughts. He was trying to, something was wrong there in the garden. There had been a whole big shaking up going on. And, and Abel said, we got to touch God. we got to get a hold of God. How are we going to do this? And Abel kept on, and, and, and God dropped something in his heart. And he got inspired. That right inspiration came upon him. The breath of God breathed into his mind and gave him a keen insight. And he took of the first lean of his flocks. He didn't take the last. He took the first. He didn't take something that was bruised and damaged. He took the very best. And he said, I'm going to bring that to God. I'm going to bring the best. I'm bringing it for my sins. Let me tell you, a little woman picked up on that many, many thousands of years later when she came to Jesus Christ and she brought her little, her little alabaster box. She brought the very best she had. She didn't bring second best. She didn't bring a hand-me-down. She didn't bring something from Uncle Dwight. So let me tell you something. She brought an heirloom. She brought something surely precious. And she said, I'm giving this to Jesus. And she broke that open. And the fragrance filled the environment until the sinners were backed up, until they didn't know what to do. And she began to anoint him. And Jesus said, your sins, which are many, are forgiven. I'm telling you, you want to do it right. You want to find that inspiration so you can get rid of your sin. Amen. Amen. We've got to have that remission of sin. We've got to have that full pardon. And your Bible teaches you that without, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Boy, when old Abel plugged into that day. I remember a, a young man one time, he'd been praying, and he, all of a sudden he took off like he was on fire. He ran to the pastor's office and pounded on the door and received entrance, and then he went... And I remember that the question was asked, what happened to him? And the pastor said, well, sometimes in trying to plug in, you plug in. You know, I don't know, Eddie, you ever hit that electricity one of those times when you <laughs> didn't have the gloves on, so to speak? Oh, brother, you work around that electricity a little bit, and every once in a while, it'll talk to you. It'll let you know, oh, yeah, this works, <laughs> you know. Oh, brother, all of a sudden, woo! <laughs> you know, and depending on how big, uh, how much you plugged into and what you plugged into just might be how much you, you get uh, the shock of your life. And uh, this fellow plugged into the, to the realm of the Holy Ghost that day, friend, and it got his attention. And it sent him running. It scared him. Oh, I want to tell you something. There's no reason to be scared of God. If you want to plug in and you want to get your sins forgiven, you want to get washed in the blood, you want to go to heaven, friend, you just go ahead and plug in. There's plenty of the Holy Ghost for you. There's plenty of God's power for you. He's not here to hurt you. He's here to help you. He's not here for you to be lost. He's here for you to be saved. Amen and amen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. doesn't take too many experiences, but what you, you learn to listen to the more experienced when they tell you to be careful about how you do this. Be careful about how you do that. Make sure you always do thus and so. Well, the Bible teaches that after Abel plugged in and touched God and made a great, a great connection, that there was jealousy and there was envy and there was a spirit of hatred that rose up and uh, came from a, a brother. And uh, that would be Cain. 
And Cain, Cain slew his brother. And that evil spirit that got a hold of Cain, he didn't want, the devil did not want what Abel had discovered. He didn't want that getting out. He thought he had things shut down when he got Adam and Eve, friend. And he said, there's no way I can let this go on. I can't allow this bloodline to keep traveling from generation to generation. I can't let this plan of salvation continue. I've got to stop this. And so he, he inflamed and he fired up Cain and, and Cain slew his brother. Even after God, in his kindness, warned Cain and said, no reason for you to get a bad act. No reason for you to, to do what you're about to do. There's no reason for this. You can take the good example, and you can have everything. It's all there for you. But Cain wouldn't do that. He yielded to a spirit of jealousy, and pride was there. And, friend, the Bible talked about the foot of pride. And I want you to know a great big, I read about a guy one time, he had a size 20 through 23, five E's. <laughs> That's a wide, big foot. And uh, I don't know if they called him Bigfoot or not, but... Uh, Nonetheless, I read about him in the newspaper, and uh, big foot of pride came right down on old Mr. Cain. And brother, in his pride and in his jealousy, uh, he, you talk about green, and <laughs> he, must, they must, he must have been the prototype of the cartoonish hulk, huh? When that, when that old green jealousy got all over Mr. Cain, and that pride that got a hold of him, friend, and he just busted out of there and, and beat the dog out of his brother and gave him such a rough time until he killed him. And the devil was so happy. And Cain, of course, later on was so miserable about what he'd done. He became a marked man. Let me tell you, sin will put its mark on you. The devil will turn on you. The devil will make you think in the moment that you're having your way and you're doing your thing. But the time will come when he'll turn on you. And you'll, you'll begin to wonder, why am I here? Why is the situation like this? Why have I lost every good thing and every good opportunity? And you'll find out that it was all much ado about nothing and that you could have had exactly what God was offering and that what God was offering was so much better. If only I would have taken the counsel of God. If only I would have listened. If only I would have submitted myself. Amen. Amen. Only I would have wrestled pride to the mat. Amen. If only I would have resisted. You know, you resist. The Bible said he's going to run away. He's going to run away. He's a lot of, what did the Bible say when they puff at you? You know, now what the old wolf did, he said, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your door down or whatever, your house down. When the Bible used that word, puffeth at you. That old devil, you know, he, he's just a big bluff and he's a big puff. Hear me when I tell you, you have got an opportunity to have the spirit of the living God in your life. You have an opportunity to appeal to the almighty God. You have an opportunity to enter in to his throne room and to be with his spirit. And that he said, I'll sup with you and you can sup with me. We can sit down and we can work this. Come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. But you know, your flesh don't want to reason. Your flesh wants what your flesh wants in that moment, in that inflamed moment, that old flesh. Isn't that what they call that ingrown toenail? Proud flesh. Oh, friend, that, that foot of pride, I'm telling you. And that old flesh just rises up. I got to tell you, it's so much better when you take the humble side, when you bring old brother humility in there. He will help you. He will assist you. He will make you to realize 
you're not all that. He's all that. And if only I could get him to be first, only I could acknowledge him for what he is, he is the number one. He is God. His way is right. Let me plug in and find his way. He said, I counsel you. I want to take God's counsel. I want to find out what that is. Amen. Well, yes. Well, there are many down through the Bible. And I, of course, as the writer said in Hebrews, time would fail. And you could begin to name all of them, so many of them. But time would fail us to do a bio on each one of them. But let me just say, and skip and fast forward to this New Testament, chapter 25 of Matthew, where it tells you that there were five that were wise and there were five that were foolish. And the, it was a climate and an atmosphere and a time. It was a time to buy. And that's what the church told the ones that had put off buying. They didn't buy into God's plan. They didn't get God's program. They weren't employing it in their lives. They were too busy going other places, hanging out in the marketplace, hanging out with people they shouldn't have been hanging out with, listening to what they had to say and what was so important to them. Let me tell you, in this day and hour in which we're living, you know what they're saying all over the radio? You know what they're, they're trying to sell people on? Buy gold. Buy gold because they foreseen the collapse of the financial system. And it won't only be here in America, but it's worldwide. They're watching the euro go down. They're watching Europe getting ready to, to declare bankruptcy. Do you understand how many countries that is? They are scrambling around, but don't you ever kid yourself. The old devil is behind the whole thing, and we preach for centuries. We have preached as the church, as the voice of God to the lost and the dying, that there will come this time and when the dollar will lose its its value and other uh, oh, mediums of exchange will lose their value by whatever name they're called rubles or marks or whatever they're going to lose their value because they're going to try to bring this thing to a level my friend and they're going to have a one world government and a one world monetary system and I want you to know the counsel that God gave he gave it to the foolish he said I want you to buy it's a time to buy go and buy but make sure who you're buying from he said I counsel you in revelation to buy of me buy it from the church buy it from my spirit don't just buy fool's gold buy holy ghost gold buy that gold that's tried in the fire buy that gold that's my counsel to you amen that's my counsel to you he said I counsel thee to buy of me Make sure who you're buying from. Make sure who you're buying from. Don't you kid yourself. There's plenty of people out there, all they're interested in doing is making a buck. All they're, and, and, and they prey on the flesh of people that want to get rich quick schemes. Or they prey on panic. They prey on people listening to everything they're saying and all of their propaganda and all of their ways of setting this world up. 
Don't you think they talk about uh, beating the market? You're never going to beat the market. You've got people up there that are crooked as, as a hind dog's leg. Hear me tell you. They absolutely know what they're doing, and they're listening to the wrong spirit. They're going in the wrong direction, and they've got a, a vision, but it's not a heavenly vision. It's the other guy's vision, and they're planning something for this world. But I'm telling you in the final analysis, you better tell yourself, I'm listening to what God is saying. I'm in the church. I'm hearing what he's saying, and he's telling me to buy of him gold tried in the fire how am I going to get how am I going to get gold tried in the fire you're not going to get gold tried in the fire sitting on the bench you're not going to get gold tried in the fire being a part of this world you're not going to run to their things and involve yourself in them because God ain't there you've got to be in the church you've got to be in the truth you've got to have your heart lifted with your hands you've got to praise and worship him and give heed to his word I counsel you, buy a big old. Try it in the fire. Try it in the fire. Yeah, you got to be willing to get with it. Let me finish by saying, God raised up, God raised up some a church, a representation of the church, and man, they went by order. Now you didn't find these folks uh, in the in the arenas, you know. You didn't find them where everybody was hanging out for entertainment. You didn't find them in those places. You didn't find them with that crowd. You didn't find them hanging out at different uh, party places. Not at all. But this day, they were ordered to a specific place because everybody was. And when everybody showed up, the king said, I'm fixing a, I've got me an image here. Look at, how, look at how I built it. Look how big it is. Look how whoo, it really gets your attention. And, uh, and as they, they stood there among the crowd, then the king said, all right. He said, we're fixing to strike up the band. We're, we're calling in all of them. We're calling in Beyonce. We're calling in Lady Gaga or Gag Me With a Maggot. We're calling them all in here, and we're going to strike up the band. We're going to get the music going here. We're bringing in every hot group, and we're going to play some music here. And when you hear that music, king said, when you hear my music, he said, you are the band down and I want you to know uh, in waves of like a waves of a sea people begin to bow down until it was they were so conspicuous that those three Hebrew children would not bow I'm telling you God's going to have a church God's going to have a representation the sheriffs were bowing down the kings were bowing down the queens were bowing down the counselors were bowing down the common people were bowing down but those Hebrew children they were different friend they were different these people weren't in confusion. These people were based on the book. They were based on chapter and verse. They had a whole different diet. Different diet. Yeah. See, they hadn't, they hadn't been feasting. They hadn't been feeding at the altar of the soap opera. They hadn't been filled with the statistics of, of whether basketball or football or hockey or lacrosse or or baseball or whatever. They weren't, they hadn't been at that. That wasn't what was in their minds. That wasn't in their hearts. They hadn't been at that feeding trough at all. That was for the, for the pigs. That was the slop. That's what the devil fed the world on. And the world was absolutely just filled with so much puke and filth in their system that they, they had so much fat 
about them that they could not get what God was saying. But God had some children. God had some church. God had some people that said, we don't eat that junk. We're not ingesting. That's not in our system. Our arteries aren't all backed up here. We are full of the Holy Ghost. We are baptized in Jesus' name. We are singing the songs of Zion. We are worshiping Him. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one, is ringing in our ears. We will not bow. We will not do it. And the king, the king, whether that he had a soft spot for them or whether he had a fear, I better watch what I do concerning these people. Or, or, or whether he just said, I'm going to give you one more chance. This is it. This is it. He said, at what time? I'll strike the band up again. I'm going to call out somebody out here that's going to wow you. And, uh, and when we hit it, we're going to hit the grand finale here. He said, you, you got to have another chance to bow down. And them three Hebrew boys, they, they spoke up, represent, representational of the church. And they said, we don't even have to have a second chance. We don't have to think about this twice. Our answer before is our answer now. We're not going to bend. We're not going to bow. We're not going to buckle. You threaten us with the fiery furnace, well, go ahead. You just go right ahead. It'll be okay. God will take care of it. And if he doesn't, that's okay too because we know what's beyond the fiery furnace. I wonder if you know what's beyond the fiery furnace. We showed the, the older young people, students today, and I told them, warned them of the spirit and the enemy and trying to show them a manifestation of something that he does. Uh, one thing among many, many, many things. But I said, remember, what you're going to see is only appertains to this life. The, the horror of it, the, the, the terribleness of it all, the, the dread that you should feel and the, and, and the disgustingness that you should feel when you see this. I said, but that's nothing compared, my friend, to what hell is going to bring to people. I'm telling you, you're talking about hell, fire, and brimstone. You're talking about misery. You're talking about weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. You talk like a mother trying to tell her son that she loves him, but she's only got half a tongue and no lips because it's been eaten off by a spirit that got a hold of her that involved her life in the wrong thing. I'm trying to tell you, it's nothing, no matter how horrible they make it look or that it is, it's nothing to compare with what hell is going to be. You want to be with the church. And it's time to buy the gold that comes from God that can only be gotten by the fire. Tested and refined by the fiery trial. And that means you've got to be participating. You've got to be up there on the front lines. You've got to be on the, what they, we used to sing on the firing line, friend. You've got to be right up there. You've got to be in the trenches. Amen. We've had guys come around, you know, they want to talk about uh, outreach programs. And, uh, and, and all they do is talk about it. We've got people that, a lot of things about God, building churches. And, oh, you'll love this one. I had a guy come. He was a black man, a very nice man, very good preacher at that time he was. And he came to me and he said, uh, he said hey, he said, how about if I come by? He said, they, this organization has put me over how to start a black church. He said, you want me to come to, your, to you and, and show you how to start a black church? I said, uh, first of all, I never thought of starting a black church. I just start a church. You know, I don't care what color they are. A purple church, whatever. Watch it. You might be wearing purple tonight. I don't know. Okay. They used to have a song years ago. 
called the purple people eater. I don't know. I couldn't tell you any more about it than that. But uh, what can I say? And uh, I looked at him and I said, well, maybe you want to come join in with us. He said, oh, you already got one, huh? I said, yeah. yeah. I said, I, I think you've come a little late. But I didn't even go on to explain to him that we don't look at it through the eyes of color. We don't look at it that way at all, you know. That wouldn't be fair because y'all are so beautiful and us whiteys are so ugly, you know. So, you know, that, you'd have a great advantage over us, you know. So I'm glad God don't care anything about that. You know, you know it's the truth because we're always trying to get a tan. That's why I live in South Florida, man. Well, you think they make that billion dollars on all that suntan lotion? Huh? It's all of us guys trying to get a little, little color here. Yes, sir. <laughs> Crazy world, huh? Oh, friend, ain't nothing crazy about this Holy Ghost. Though. Ain't nothing crazy about this Holy Ghost at all. Amen. The Bible said, and I am going to close. The Bible says, so get your fingers on the keyboard. Oh, you're a gun there. Good girl. Yeah, Lord. That uh, told you to glorify you, the Lord, in the fires. If you're going to get the gold of God that's tried in the fire, then you're going to have to be willing to get in the fire. You're going to have to get involved in the work of God. When people come to you and say, hey, we're doing this. Come on, man. It's really cool. You know, you've got to, it's got to hit you like sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. It's got to be off note. I told a student by the day, I said, you know, I'll get Sister Williams to hit a note and hit it perfectly. And I said, then I'll try to do it and you'll see the difference. And I said, because my note won't be anywhere right. And I said, and that's how it is when you're, when you're absolutely not doing it God's way. It is so discordant. It is so flat. It is so, I mean, it's just absolutely wrong. It's sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. It's lacking in the love of God, that beautiful seasoning grace that we need. It can't, some people can talk it, friend. I mean, they can say in all kinds of gibberish, and they've got all kinds of words and terminologies. And my, that guy, that, that nut, that, that apostle nut, he had a card. He gave me a card. He had more titles for whatever the name of whatever it is that he belongs to. And some of them things were 15 letter, letters long. And I'm thinking, what a mouthful to try to say, I belong to the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> My God, have mercy. You know, I got a small one. It's apostolic, and people trip over that. So finally I told them, think of the parts store, Napa. Just think of Napa and say, Appa, apostolic. Yeah, it works, it works, yeah. And they do identify, because most people know about good old Napa parts, you know. Amen. All right, everybody said praise the Lord. You don't have to get in the fire. And God's raising up people that aren't going to shrink at the fire. They're not going to back up in disobedience. They're not, they're, being obedient doesn't make us cut and run. We want to be obedient. We, obedience draws us to the firing line. We're looking for the orders that come from above. We're looking for the counsel of God. We believe it, chapter and verse. Oh, friend, we do. And everybody said amen. From the very beginning, what did it say in the beginning? God, don't you love that? We're not into the Big Bang Theory. We're not all mixed up by science, falsely so-called. You know, when they, when they can't get the right answer, when they can't stand up to the wisdom of God's Word, then their answer is, well, science teaches. Pull the science card. Sometimes there's nothing scientific at all about what they're saying. You hear me? It's just a science of lying. That's about it. Just, just making a lie up. 
just saying something to get by to, to try to eradicate what's right. And I'm telling you, that old king was trying until he threw them boys in the, in the fiery furnace. And when he, didn't, when he saw that the fire couldn't burn them and their clothes didn't even smell and that he lost all of his inner guard because the fire licked them up real good and did, did, did away with them, I tell you, the devil will turn on you. The devil will turn on you. Them old burly soldiers, they thought this is our chance. We're going to throw them in the fire. We're going to be done with them. We're not going to have to listen to them quote Deuteronomy 6 and 4 anymore. We're not going to have to listen to them tell us we got to do it this way and we got to do it that way and that this is wrong and that. They're going to be glad that I go when I'm gone, friend, because I could turn the television off all the time. And they don't like that, but I turn it off anyway. They're going to be glad when I'm gone, and I'm going to be glad when I'm gone. I'm going in that first resurrection, friend. Amen. You better believe God, God's church, this world thinks they're going to be glad when the church is gone and the church is screaming it's time to buy. It's time to buy. The market is to buy. Get baptized. Get the Holy Ghost. Get in the church. Get on fire. Get up there and get this gold. God's selling gold. God's in the gold selling business. You'll never get it at a better price. And you'll never get finer or purer gold than what God is offering. Amen. You can't find that just anywhere. Not at all. Not at all. It's the rarest and the finest and the purest. It surely is. Isn't it nice that you know why gold is yellow, right? Because it has an impurity. Earthly gold has an impurity in it. And they have to do certain processes to get that, that color out of it. And see, the gold that God's offering is tried in the fire gets all the impurities out of it and that's why my friend God's church is brave see we don't have that yellow stuff we're not a bunch of chickens you hear me we're brave we're strong we stand for God we stand for what's right and the whole religious world is confused and mixed up we stand friend with a strong voice and, and, and chapter and verse and we believe the word of God and it doesn't matter if it's mother father Brother, sister, aunt, double first cousin, boss on the job, doesn't matter who it is, friend. We will tell them the truth. We will look for all the wisdom we can look for, and we will try in every way, shape, or form we can to do it wisely to catch that fish. Yes, we will, but we're going to do it, friend. We're going to bring the Word of God to people, and we're going to do it because we're buying the gold that comes from God. We're going to enter into the fire, and we're going to glorify God in the fire. We're not just going to praise God when the wind is to our back. We're going to, we're going to do it with a headwind. We're going to do it whatever the circumstance. We're going to praise God. Amen and amen. Let's lift our hearts. Come on with your hands and worship him in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Time to buy. The buyer's market. Let's go. Amen. I have authority. I refuse to lose. I'm not backing down. God promises to me. This is holy ground. Come on. I refuse to lose. I'm not backing down. Yeah. Promise this to me. This is holy ground. Satan, back up and take your hands off of me. Come on I refuse now. to lose. I have authority. I've got the victory. I've Come on, you claim your victory. That's I've your victory. victory. I've got the you victory. You step up and get your goal. I've got the victory. Got your name on it. I've got the victory. Woo! 
Come and gather in. Come on. Yeah. I've got the victory. I've got the victory. Come on. 